the microphones? Mine mine has more of a bulbous. Well, exactly. So circumcised. Mine has got it's straight and. Yeah, I guess so. So, so if we're if we're thinking you yeah, know, so phallically, it, <laughs> thinking in a phallic way, my microphone is circumcised and mine is not. There you go. All right. Tell me when you're ready. Ready. And I'll push the button and all that good stuff. Push the shiny button and let's see what happens. Gosh, I sure hope I can find the button. <laughs> This is the Long in the Boot podcast, the podcast coming to you from the heel of the boot of southwest Louisiana. I am your host, G. Long. Across the way, as always, is Deb. Hello. Hello. How you doing? I'm doing well. How about you? Pretty darn good. It's like we have a date every Uh, two weeks. I know. Hey. Um, If you want to get a hold of the Long in the Boot podcast, the number... 337-502-9011, email longintheboot at gmail.com. And, oh, the website is longintheboot.com, uh, you know, with the trip dub at the front of it. But I haven't been back to that in a while. Well, then that should tell you something. Yeah. I'm that being, should tell you something. If you're not, me, well. It tells it, me that I'm being lazy. It's there. It's just not interactive. New listeners go and they read the bios and they see our cute, adorable um you know, fact checkers. Sure. And, and they say, oh, well, these are all right people or God, I hate these people. <laughs> yeah. Either one. And they never come back or they choose to join us. There you go. <laughs> Again. And that's how it all <laughs> that's works. That's how it all works. I suppose. I, I don't ask you for anything. You don't need to pay me nothing. Now, if you've come here hoping for our opinion on the uh, hot button issue of the day, Abortion. Oh, I thought. Oh, we've gone past gun rights. That's we're, right. we're, uh, Are well, we that still was, doing that too? That was two weeks ago. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> we're not doing it. Excuse me. We're not going to talk about it. No. Not going to talk about it at all. No. The only thing I will tell you, just uh, real quick, as a civics teacher, <laughs> taking the issue of abortion off the table, but talking legally speaking, this is the fault of legislatures not doing their job, which is to make law. If you think that judicial review of the Supreme Court is in the Constitution, you would be wrong. Uh, Judicial review was created by Chief Justice John Marshall back during uh, Jefferson's presidency, Thomas Jefferson, who had a point to make about should we allow a Supreme Court to make judicial review because judges on the Supreme Court are all federal employees, They work for the very government that they are making decisions about. It's a conflict of interest. And they can't be impartial. It's impossible for them to be impartial if the federal government is involved. Yes, because it's their job. So if we're going to revisit issues, because right now that's that's, the fear. That's the fear is that we'll revisit every cultural issue, gay marriage. Everything society has has come up with. And birth control and all that stuff. Then maybe we need to revisit the idea of judicial review, which again is not in the Constitution. Nowhere does it say so it that would be judges to... should decide what the law is and isn't. That's the job 
of legislatures. All right. Well, so I think everybody's worried about their um, <clears throat> their social score and and their votes. So maybe they don't want to do anything controversial. But half the country is going to burn the shit down, and then yeah. on the next decision, the other half of the country wants to. Well, I'm not going to burn anything down. Unless, um, no, no. Unless right. I just need it out of the way. So, but uh, <laughs> it's either it, we have to decide: is this a medical privacy issue between a woman and her doctor, or well, that is was it a the political issue, or it is it a, a, re- a religious decision. issue? I mean, well, sorry again. Pri- okay. Privacy in medical care was thrown out the window. Yes, because of the vaccine. All Before right. that, Obamacare. Anyway, that, that's where you but, stop. But that's where we're going to stop because we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> You just, that's a lot. Where is Bella? She should be barking right now. Uh, don't call her. <laughs> that's it. We're done. Uh, but we did have something else in mind today. Did we? We did. And that was the idea. The other day we were talking about just uh, games. Oh, oh. Um, yeah. Well, actually, we ended the last podcast kind of talking about like competitions and stuff and how we thought the changes would happen in society and get rid of things over time. Right. We thought. But we, but it was about games. But we've been thinking about, you know, how long, how much longer will, for instance, bullfighting be a thing? Yeah, because we already know people have been upset by that. And sure. rights activists. And, so. and then I was playing a, a video game, Elden Ring. Oh. You can stop. But the point is. Then I started thinking about how gladiatorial combat was sort of a game. Well, yeah, we started talking about tournaments and how. And then finally it came down to the, well, how long have people been playing games? Always. And it turns out that games have been around as long as people and perhaps even before. Yes, because we always ask that question. Well, where did this start? How did we get started? Well, before civilization is the one I really would like to know, and there's no way to know. (laughs) But what were they? What were they? What were they doing as cavemen? You know they were playing some sort of game to entertain themselves when they weren't running for their lives. Maybe running for your life was perhaps that's where it started. Says he can take a hit with a rock to the head better than you. (laughs) Let's test it. (laughs) Well, there would have been it would have been of skill of the things that were important: hunting, just like probably because we had talked about fox hunting and things like that. Those were all skills that were important to the society at the time. Well. but you don't get good at you don't get good at spear throwing, for instance, without training. Well, e- even sure. ancient man, so that had to become a game. It had to have been a game in order to get. Yeah, good because at doing there would it. have been somebody who was better at it in the group than everybody else. And so, as we began investigating the history of games, well, it's pretty darn it's interesting. Pretty darn interesting. There is certainly a lot around the world. Um, Man, man likes chance and risk. I mean, there's a psychology behind. There's a psychology board behind games. all the games, really. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And and benefits, huge benefits. Do you want to start with the benefits before uh, you go into the history? Do we want to know that, or do we want to? What, what kind of benefits you got there? All right. You didn't seem real excited about that. Well, you you gotta you gotta <laughs> excite me, baby. Ooh, right, right <laughs> here on the air. Um, it well, first benefit it brings people closer together, right? Strengthens relationships, uh, sure. families. You know, I know a lot of families that have a board game night. Yes, we we didn't exactly do that. We had no, uh, we didn't really. No, we really didn't. Our, our son and his family they they play board games. Pretty they pretty do. princess. I've seen my son in a tiara with his with his children. He was a pretty princess. <laughs> he was a beautiful princess. Um, so it brings you together, strengthens relationships, increases brain function. Obviously, yes, exercises your brain. Uh, and depending on the games, you're looking at higher order cognitive uh, skills. You know. Um, Manipulation of of 
chance, I guess. Sure. So you got that. Uh, memory, complex processes, all ages, plays uh, insistent. Besides cogniz- cognitive skills, you're also, <laughs> I couldn't say the word. Besides that, you're also uh, increasing your problem solving. Sure. Decision making. It's good for small children, good for all people. Uh, teaches you how to set goals, be patient. And, and and you usually laugh a lot. Yeah, and you have fun. Yeah. And, and you learn things. Absolutely. And games and games have been around and those are like board games with families and stuff. Yeah. And you might think, well, board games are slowly going away, but that is in fact no, not true. That is more not board true. games are being produced and sold today than ever before. Even in the age of video games, board games have taken off. There are incredible numbers of board games and what they call tabletop games, which usually involve a map and, and cards and or, cards or yeah, dice, adventures, many, some kind many, of many, many obstacle. sided dice. Yes. <laughs> uh, and so games have been around as long as civilization, yeah. to be perfectly honest. It's a. Uh, well, I think the board game, uh, it, the pandemic, you're, you've got families. Sure, that made a home, big so difference. That, that should make a difference. It just makes a stronger bond, too, for families. It also helps children who are shy and have uh, low self-confidence. Being involved in playing a board game, can, all of the, that stress release and working together can help them. So families, you guys play games with your children. That's right. Yeah. And games are absolutely worldwide. Culturally speaking, in history, all cultures developed games almost as soon as civilization became a thing. Uh, doesn't matter where you go in the world, they were they were even class socioeconomic. I mean, you had uh, obviously the rich. Sure, they would have been first, and and we we find theirs. I mean, if you're archaeological, help me speak today, man. Phew. Archaeological digs. One cider, huh? You're a cheap date. I'm not even. Oh my god. Oh man. All right. So, so psychologists (laughs) say that really all all games are are expressions of our desire to play. Yes. And so it allows people to go beyond what's immediate. Your imagination can only carry you so far, and some people can't do real hardcore direct physical activity. Yeah, so playing a board so game, so throwing easy. a spear or a sword fighting or whatever as a game is straight out for them. They can't do it. So the regular people can do it, not just the heroes right. who can joust or hunt a fox better than. And there are some common features. Yes, with games, Tell us. Uh, uncertainty of outcome is number one. If a game has a certain outcome, then it's not usually that much fun. And it's no fun, fun, yeah. You don't watch a movie again. There are agreed-upon rules for games. There is some type of competition, and they break it down into three types. It's it's man versus man, Mm -hmm. man versus self, and man versus fate. Those are the three types of games. Just like our conflicts in literature. Another thing which I thought was interesting was uh, prescribed goals. Games have goals. Yes, and people get upset if you do not follow the rules right. in, in obtaining those goals. And I think that's kind of cool. And one of the things that games did, historically speaking, too, was pass on culture. Yes, teach kids. And pass culture on cultural diffusion. Cultures, games became a way that people could communicate even when they couldn't communicate. If two different cultures meet, they don't have the same language, but they have a game that's in common. Yeah, if they can roll a die. That's the beginnings right there. 
they have a commonality. And so games seed were in, brings people together, strengthens right. bonds. And early on, you, you, as you mentioned, games were markers of social status. Depending the the game you played, kind of depended on what social class you were in. Yes, and we find the remnants of games that belonged to the rich more often. Right. And and so that's that's kind of what we we came at this whole yes. game thing. Um because we all have uh, wants and desires, right? Psychologically speaking, games have helped us in in a lot of our psychology. Yes. Because we have goals as people. Once you fulfill the basic needs, you have food and shelter, right? Sure. Your body's covered. You can protect yourself and your family. Warmth, food, and shelter. There you go. Then yeah. our once that the survival's needs are met, we're motivated by a need for belonging, power, freedom, and fun. Fun. And fun. We want to play. Look, a ball. <laughs> How obsessed is mankind with balls? <laughs> They're very obsessed. All balls. Yes. Big balls, small balls for all sorts of activities. Yeah. Even a guy that, uh, you know, that sang for ACDC had, he had the biggest balls of all. (laughs) He did. I heard that. (laughs) And that rumor has not ceased. No, no. So, so games that involve and different types of games involve different, different aspects of that or combinations, right? Uh, Power. Right. You want to, you want to be the one in charge. You want to tell the dungeon master. And then early, early in, in, as far as the psychology goes, religious significance was attached to a lot of games. Absolutely, absolutely. It was a way to teach. It was didactic. The, uh, the They talked about the Mesoamerican, uh, that would be like ancient South American, Central America kids. Uh, Mesoamerican ball, it was a game, play with a ball. But it, it had mythic and ritualistic overtones to the point that literally, if you lost, you were sacrificed to the gods of the game. Oh, dear. Yeah, so <laughs> we don't know. We, we maybe they did literally game, sacrifice. You think games have serious consequences today? Oh. Well, remember, shoots and ladders was originally snakes and ladders. Yes. Was that what it was that Egyptian? Uh, originally, and then it be, went to Britain. Yeah, but then, that was teaching. It, that was good and evil. And that was good and evil, and and oh, they sure. absolutely attached spiritual uh, significance to that. Religion was a big part of it. So anyway, that's <laughs> what we're talking about. We're talking about games, and we'll talk a little bit of history of uh, early games real quick, because uh, we have actually the pre-modern era, and I think this is kind of interesting. Um, it's how they came up with tools to play games. And of course, the the tool that you think of with games, tabletop games, dice. Dice, yeah. Well, originally, dice were not dice. They were actually part of the wrist bone of various animals. And the interesting thing is, it doesn't matter what culture you go to, they have an animal, and his wrist bone, called the talus Hmm. bone, uh, will be there. And the reason the talus bone was useful was because it can only land a certain number of ways. So there's a limited, but it's still chance. Correct, and I would so imagine is that, that from counting, talisman is it spelled? I, 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 it's well, it's talisman, T A L U S. But I would not be I, surprised if talisman became, didn't come from came that. Out of that. Yeah, because it's chance, right? A, a, okay. Yes, right, and uh, this is uh, the ancestor, the earliest gaming tools, bone, the talisman, bone, and it's the ancestor of a game called Knuckle Bones. Oh, you know, that was a, I, I had heard that many times when I was a kid, that and, phrase, knuckle bones. Well, knuckle bones has been, I love this, knuckle bones has been known as, through history, scatterjacks, snobs. 
Snobs. Ostragalus. Hmm. Tali. Dibs. Dibs. The oh, game of dibs. Got, yeah. You, five stones. So what else? Jacks and jack stones. So what's the premise of the game? The game is a game of dexterity played with small objects that are thrown up, caught, and manipulated in various ways. I love to play jacks. In America, when I was a kid. jacks. Mm-hmm. Jacks are the thing we think about. And marbles. I loved marbles. We had some wicked marble games. But Knucklebones is the earliest version that we know of. Came from the ancient Greeks. And it used the, it's called the astragalus bone, which is the hock of a sheep. I don't know what the hock of ankle. a sheep is. It's oh, ankle. Okay. Uh, but a well-turned hock. Really. But different variants of games from other cultures use something similar, be it stones, seashells. Some used seeds and some used cubes. Whatever they had. And cubes is going to be important. Yeah. Modern knuckle bones consist of six points or knobs that protect from a common base, mm-hmm. right? That's the modern knuckle bone. Um, the original knuckle bone doesn't have six points, but the point is it has points. It can only <laughs> land a certain number of ways. And usually the game in its original form, uh, the winner would be the first to complete a prescribed series of throws. The simplest throw consists of either tossing up a stone, a jack, or a ball, and then picking up one of one or more of the knuckle bones from the table while it's in the air. Small-handed people were at a disadvantage. Oh, big time. Yeah. And this is my favorite part. Another throw consists of tossing up the first stone, then two, then three, and catching them on the back of the hand. So no ball in. Oh. Right. So you'd take like three, throw them in the air, and try to catch all three on the back of your hand. I have tiny hands. I don't have a lot of space. Different throws had different names in cultures, mm-hmm. but one of the interesting ones was that uh, riding the elephant, <laughs> okay. peas in a pod, uh, all right. horses in the stable, and frogs in the well. These all sound like euphemisms for nasty things. Well, it's weird, too, because it, it absolutely spans the globe. There is no part of the world that didn't have a version of Knuckle bones. Hmm. Well, people needed to have some form of entertainment. <laughs> we need to have some fun. We need to relax and release. The uh, they, And they have excavated uh, in the Middle East, and they now know for sure 5,000 B.C. Yeah, I got that too. Turkey and um, the Nile. Yeah, and, and that's... To me, that is there is amazing. But if you read the Odyssey and the Iliad and the Odyssey, yeah. Knucklebones is they in there. Played, yes, that's they true. played Knucklebones. Yeah. Um, it was the Fertile Crescent, man. Everything <laughs> was happening. It's the place to be. Uh, what was the uh, other thing? Uh, children's games upon Mount Ida gave him Eros for a companion and golden dibs with which to play. <laughs> that's that's a game. They're playing games. And think about time. You know, you had to pass time. Yeah. Yeah, once you had your needs met, that's the point. You have some spare time. And even cavemen must have had, you know, downtime while they were sure. not running for their life or killing to survive or moving from place to place. Um, there would have been points where you needed something to do. In uh, East Asia, the Middle East, they all have the game. Uh, Five Stone, it was called in South Asia. Even in, this is great, even in what they call now, for some stupid reason, Austronesia. Have you heard that one before? No. Austronesia is the part of the Pacific that contains like the Philippines down towards Australia. 
and they're starting to call it Austronesia. I don't need to learn new things like this. I agree. And, I, and I, the Polynesian I, islands, so uh, that they want to get them involved, so that's where the Asia uh, comes in. Okay. But in uh, Samoa and Fiji, they use these seeds, and they're massive seeds. They were used in the knucklebone game. And they have statues from Rome from 150 A.D. of people playing knucklebones. Wow. So that game lasted. And, it, well, I mean, jacks still exist. I don't know if little bitty kids now know what it is. Well, and that's I got to think about that, too, because it says it wasn't until around 300 A.D. Because all the games you're talking about are all games were for adults. It was for grownups. They Originally, yeah, but they, children well, very they quickly. Picked up, yeah, they picked up on things. Obviously, like like shoots and ladders, snakes and ladders. That was that was directly aimed at Indian kids and teaching them about morality, good and evil. But it was a hopscotch. That was the first. I guess they you don't really consider it a board game, but I in essence it is a literal board game. I I saw a TikTok video earlier today, and that was what they did. Somebody went on a sidewalk in a public city and. Put down a hopscotch board. And people did it, and people did it. They just most people did it. did it. They just yeah. So some people stopped and went back to the beginning and did it. And other awesome. People, other people just one guy he just like snapped through it. It was great. He was, bit, he bit, was bit. peppy. Yes. <laughs> so we're all kids at heart. I guess we are. Yeah. That's true. So anyway, that was the uh, early earliest version of a game that you can really. You know, see, yeah, uh, through and archaeological that had, and that had rules that we know of because a lot of games they have rules. pieces and things, but they don't know exactly. And what we don't the know rules exactly were. what they did with knuckle bones in say yeah. five thousand BC. We don't know for sure. We just know they did it, and then because we have representations of it. Yes, yes, that's either drawings or, or actual text that tells you something about it. And uh, so I thought it was interesting that this became one of the earliest forms, of, as they say, of basically social bonding. Yeah. When you play games, you're bonding. And if you don't cheat and you follow the <laughs> rules, because if you get known as a cheater, people don't put up with that. That's true. They really don't. So I, that was the pre-modern. That was the game that predates civilization. Yeah. And then some games that just have stuck around, right? Chess, 400 to 600 AD, uh, Germanic and Celtic families of games. Is well, they, they, they found uh, in a 5,000-year-old burial mound in Turkey— they found 49 small carved painted painted stones, um, and they found similar pieces in Syria and Iraq, which looks to – it looks as if the earliest they place we can find <clears> – well, it wasn't trading, but that the Fertile Crescent, the area yeah. where we, we, we say that civilization began, although it was already happening in China too. Um, <laughs> we don't all talk about that. But the earliest board games seem to have come – out of that, and they're all in elite burial areas. Like it's not poor people, obviously. Yeah. These are these would have been elites because they're found in burial mounds. Well, and that was my point earlier. Yeah. While I struggled and to get out the word archaeological, poor, poor people didn't get, didn't get burial mounds <laughs> <No>. <laughs> unless they were mounded up and as a pile of dead people. They got ashes to ashes and dust to dust. But they found a game, um, and the, it's the first one they know of as a as like, kind of like a board game, uh, and it's. Uh, in Egypt, and it's called Senate. Yes, I have that. You have that? I have that one over here as well. And one of the fun things is, of course, is they're not really sure exactly how it was played. Well, no, that was my point earlier. It's like, <laughs> we don't actually have the rules, but we know it was some form of game. We've got pieces. and 3500 B.C. Yes. That's really old, kids. <laughs> uh, oh, with the sticks. They know what they the board looked like. Yeah. 
30, 30 rows or 30 P or 30 spaces, 10 rows or 10, three rows, 10 spaces each. Well, they, they believe the Egyptians thought that uh, Ra and Osiris protected those who won the game. And it was mentioned in the book of the dead. Actually, the game of Senate is available in a modern version today with rules that have been assumed or adapted. And <laughs> they made it up. Yes. So if you want to win at Senate today, so you can be protected from the, the sun God Ra or from Osiris, uh, and that was a racing game, basically. They think it basically started. They they started at a certain point, and the trick was to get to the end. Get to the end. And but they don't know for sure. But what yeah, they do they know actually, is that they, Senate became a religious yes game. Well, that was my point. That you God protected you if yeah. you won. You were fortunate. I think it's kind of cool that the the pieces eventually represented human beings. Yeah, they say my little story says that once the player hits the center, they reverse and head back to the start. And once they get there, the lion is activated and he's used to capture the opponent marbles. He said it's like an early version of Pac-Man. Nice. <laughs> and they also had a game with jackals later, too. It was a uh, what was it? Something in jackals. Oh, uh, oh, were they? And they were like sticks or something. They were sticks that fit in a board. There was a hole in the yeah, board. Pen you, in the, uh, but it yeah. was the same game, basically. But they were a little Egyptian. And they figures. used uh, sticks or bones. Bones, mm. knuckle bones, uh, to determine the number of moves you would be All allowed right. to have. So, history. And then they found the first true board game where we actually kind of know more or less how it was played. The Dominoes? Ro- no. Oh. The, the Royal Game of Ur. Oh, yeah. Ur. <laughs> uh, Ur. Also known as 20 Squares, but found in Mesopotamia, uh, played with a set of pawns. Dates from 3000 BC, and it again a race game. Uh, knuckle bones for sure were the dice, and it's possible that they borrowed from the Egyptians and made their own game. I would think that would have happened all, oh, the, time. all the time because you'd adjust to what you have, that's what people do. But uh, they have a Babylonian treatise on the game written on a clay tablet, they've, they've read, and the game had astronomical significance, and they believed it would tell one's fortune. So again, games being not just games, but something really important. But the thing is, they discovered that the game of Ur (laughs) was also popular with the lower classes. And the reason they found out, which is kind of cool, 2,700-year-old graffiti. (laughs) It was a graffiti version of the game scratched onto a gateway in Korsabad. Uh, and similar games have now been found in Iran, Crete, Cyprus, Sri Lanka, and Syria. Where the regular street people would play. Yes, and, and regular people. Yeah. And they have found more uh, artifacts of the dice that was used, knuckle bones, and the checkers that were used, or this, whatever you want to call them, game pieces. And uh, they, they believe that, and my favorite is there's a game called Nard. <laughs> Nard. See, balls. Uh, Nard. <laughs> Were there um, balls involved? I don't know. It could have been. Um, but anyway, game uh, the game of Nard uh, may very well have been actually very similar to this game. Hmm, okay. And if you think about backgammon, which has ancient roots as well, game called Tabula, um, uh, think about what it is. And when you really look at a, at a backgammon board, yeah. it's a race game. Yeah. Your job is to get all your people off the board. That's your goal. <laughs> and 
all these games, that's kind of your goal. Get from one end to the other and get to off the board. A, to another. I got in 1903. We've, oh, Hounds and Jackals. That's what I was trying to was think the of. word. Okay. Landlord game. <laughs> and that it really sounds a whole lot like the, uh, you know, it's got utilities, a jail. Um, if you score, you, you know, the players scored a hundred dollars every time they passed this little corner. So yeah, we know what that was. <laughs> the landlord's game. I guess they, it just didn't sound good after 1903. Yeah. 1935 is when, uh, Parker brothers got it. So well, that's, yeah, that's, way, I, I, you know, it's that's it, way later. Can't, well, I know because you have to move forward because we could, there are so many flipping games well, I know. for so many places. We hadn't even talked about any of the Asian ones, the, the Chinese. Well, um, I was getting to that. Were you? Yeah, I was. Because at the same time, all this was going yeah, on, they, they the were Chinese people. were sitting around playing games of their own. <laughs> yeah, that they had developed thousand and, years before all that. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's kind of, actually, I think it's kind of funny. Um, but in East Asia, they created a game that basically, I'm using that word a lot today, uh, clearly called Go. The Japanese <laughs> yes, named go. it Go. I don't even know if I should even attempt to say the Chinese version I of Go. Probably not, unless we just want to laugh at you. Now, if you want to have fun, get online and you can actually find Go. That game still exists, played pretty much the way it was always played. Right. Um, uh, go was one of the four cultivated arts of the Chinese gentleman, along with calligraphy, oh. painting, and playing music. It was music. something you needed to be able to do you had in to society. Play go. Well, because it was a social thing. Yeah, you yeah. had to do calligraphy, you had to paint, and you had to play a musical instrument. That was yeah. the four things you had to do to be a gentleman. We think about feudal age. Yeah. Gentlemen yeah, had to learn certain things and poetry. Well, ladies, too. Yes. What is a geisha doing? She has to learn certain skills. Oh, the dogs are going to irritate me. Maybe they're, they're, Bella's not happy. Well, too bad. You didn't put them too in bad. their hole. Well, I was trying to let them be free. Uh, Who yeah. am I to tell them what to do with their bodies? <laughs> anyway, so. <laughs> okay. And this was all happening at the same time. Oh, look, it's a French version of Clue. Go is a lot of fun, actually. It's. I tried to play it the other day. I suck at it. Oh, man. <laughs> Wait, did wow. you try to play a digital version? I tried to play against a computer. Oh, okay. And I got my butt kicked because there's a lot more to it. It seems like a very, very simple game. Yes. But it's not really that simple. Yeah, your brain has to work that way. And it's very cool. And the Japanese stole it, borrowed it, whatever. And then Korea. <laughs> mm-hmm. And <clears throat> it's been being played since. It And then... They also, the Asians, uh, Chinese in particular, they developed dominoes. Mahjong. They created the uh, the original playing cards, and that's where they, they came from, Mahjong. Yes. Mahjong was played that's with tiles. My, my favorite. And then somebody figured out that you didn't even need tiles if you simply had a piece of paper, and they invented paper. If you had a piece of paper with a design on it, you could play the exact same game as Mahjong without needing to make tiles. Yeah. So that playing cards were invented in China, and and that was invent they were invented in the eighth century. So that's all casinos. But think about thank it. Them. Cards got to Europe within three hundred years. Yeah, I mean that's an amazing cultural a, a diffusion quick, happening. A quick jump, yeah. And I could go on and on about the history of things. There's uh, the term checkmate, which comes from a Persian term. Oh, so, so much of the language that we have checkmate. Yes. Originally, it was Shahmat, which means in Persian, the king is dead. <laughs> there you go. Nice. Yeah. Yes, Clue outside of the United States is known as Cluedo. 
Cluedo? Cluedo. Nice. Mm-hmm. And we like Clue. I liked Clue. I and we also have, of course, the game Pachisi, which came from Par- India. Parcheesi. And it, yes, we took it and made it Parcheesi. Yes. <laughs> oh, you know, we need to revisit uh, Risk. Oh, man. I wonder if they've updated the board. Well, well, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> happening now. Risk is being played on a on a global level all well, the time. Well, everything's become because of the, the digital age, right? Right. Oh, and then finally, yeah, we get to role-playing games once we have all the, well, we the basics do. through the war. Well, wars. if we're going to follow the risk outline for the world today, what we need to do is pile all of our military <laughs> crap on those four little areas around Australia, because then nobody can attack you except one direction uh, and work our way into Asia that direction. And then just move in. You never want to go into Asia from the Full European on, no, side. No, no. Never works. Never works. It's, it's a bad it's a bad scene. You're going to have a bad day. <laughs> You're going to have a bad day. Uh, <laughs> so so what? anyway, dice were invented in 700 BC. Uh, we have just a whole host of games that have been played. Uh, and th- then books. By 1200, you've got people actually writing books on how to play games, thereby giving that information to even more people. Yeah, disseminating that. So that's in 1200, the book of games. Literally, you know, that's a, it's a thread through all cultures that really just doesn't get enough credit for, for the vastness of what they do. And, you know? Yeah, it's, it's a real – it's as – well, this guy says if, you, if a civilization doesn't have games – can it be called a civilization? Are they civilized at all? Which I think is actually not. And then look what Americans do. We come to the West. We've got the cowboy era. People play poker and and start shooting each other when they when they uh, <laughs> right. are cheating. They start cheating and <laughs> you're cheating, man. That's not damn fair. Americans. We go the wild west cowboy and. <laughs> Uh, by All the right. way, snakes and, snakes and ladders, twelve hundred. That uh, also the one that became shoots and ladders. Yes. And so you've got that uh, chess, uh, backgammon, a game called Nine Man Morris, all around twelve hundred in the world. So pivotal times throughout history too. I mean, like they were just talking about World War One and World War Two and the games that evolved during those times. Because you know, what else are you going to do in a bunker? Right. And in the fourteen hundreds, tarot. Guess what? Tarot cards were for a game. So if you believe that tarot cards tell are the telling future, your future, well, stop it. it. Look, Grow up. No, now that's as as no. much as the Egyptians no. believed that you were going to be protected by the gods. Game of chance. Or, well, it's a game of chance. It is. Isn't that's all life, it is. Life is a game of chance, dear. No, but you can affect the outcome by your actions. Tarot. Not if God wills it. Tarot has suits. It has numbers. It's it's just it's just a card it's just game. a card game, but somewhere along the way, somebody was able to convince people. That ga- yes. Look, if the cards come out a certain way, that means things in the future. Mm, no. Wow! It was the gypsy. <laughs> that was the fourteen hundreds. We also had a game called Posh. Posh. And, and it's a game uh, that this is the first game where they know they know that. The cards by then had developed standard card suits. And the suits were, in 1480, hearts, clubs, spades, diamonds. 1480. Wow. And posh was a game where you had to get runs. You had to do either suit runs or number runs. It's rummy. Yeah. But it's the first one they know of, for sure, rummy. 
was being played. I like gin rummy. It's amazing. I just I found this fascinating. It, well, I know. I'm surprised we actually hadn't come across this before. And we kind of started at the end and modern and worked our way back and then started looking into in yeah. depth into the subject because, well, you know. Yeah, we found it interesting and we thought we'd, we'd you know. Share that. Share some of those ideas. Share some of that idea. And encourage people to play games with their kids. And not talk about abortion. (laughs) (laughs) That's how we did it. You know what? If you want a game to end quickly, bring up abortion. (laughs) Oh, well, I don't think that adds any fun or freedom. Actually, freedom is a big part of the psychology of games, right? No, freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. Because you can't get an abortion. (laughs) <laughs> the need for freedom is about having choices, right? Being independent and autonomous. Right. So being and able to move freely. And you're trying to control your own yeah. little world. And creativity, creativity too. I mean, it, I, yeah. yeah. So many, so many things. Uno is one of my favorite. Well, it's games. a, it's a full Dominoes on. Dominoes is so It's a full fun. on, uh, it's a full on university class now, game studies. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, but isn't that about uh, ludology? Digital, di- digital games? Isn't that about? Uh, no, it's it's the study of games, the acts of playing them, and the cultures surrounding them. And it's been broken down since then oh. into games about folklore, games about cultural heritage. That's almost the same thing. Uh, <laughs> sociology and psychology, designs of games, and game studies. They don't focus on video games. They don't focus on any one type of game uh they but they do study forms of games like sports games yeah because there's so many variations um competitions and it's an it's an anthropology course oh yeah okay and so so they do go back to the so knowing what we know about games and how old they are and how they go right along with civilization as they're hand in hand you don't have civilization before games and you don't have games you don't have a time after civilization where games don't exist. They weren't there. Yeah. So They've clearly it's. They, they come with us. Well, you know, when you teach history, they, they always say, you know, civilization has to have these things. Yeah, right? It has to have a government. They don't add It has to have a religion. Has, well, it has to have a game. Yeah, they have to have something. They, they play games. They have okay. to play games. So now then, as, as our normal thought process is and, and what it says about society, right, games mm-hmm. and the games that we play and where we're at now. Ooh. Yeah. It, maybe just limit it to America and not think about any place else because it's just too big. But the types of games that we are favoring and where we're going in the future. I mean, are we going to end up with rollerball? Well, that's that's a sport. That's a game, but it's also a sport, and well, that, that's kind of where you have to. I mean, while while football, for instance, is a game, but it's also a sport. But it's but it's a it's a very limited game in who can participate. Yes. I think you have to well, separate. At least, isn't that to, why for they me. came up with fantasy leagues? Isn't that why they? Yes, did? yes, yes. I mean, that was the whole purpose. There. I can't play so, football, but so I can play an aspect of football. The elite. I can play have the, the general actual, manager. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> yes, but it's still a game of chance because depending on what happens in the real games, yes, determine what happens in your game. And we like to think that the real games are just chance, right? And that, that includes all gambling games. Yes. In fact, I learned uh, dice. Dice are responsible, or I, I shouldn't say they're responsible. There's no reason to blame poor innocent <laughs> dice poor for dice. anything, but craps. In casinos, that is the only game that actually favors the the person the player. betting, yeah, as opposed to the house. It's the only one, which you would think, well, that 
doesn't make any sense. It's such a random thing. It dice. does seem like. Well, not as much as roulette, though. We, we laughed about the idea of But that. isn't it interesting that they came up with rules for craps for something that is absolute. If dice Absolutely are not weighted, chance, yeah. if they're not weighted, if they are perfectly balanced, then they should be ultimately random. So how can you bet? on certain things. Well, they created a way of doing it, right? Yeah. You're just betting on a certain number to come up or whatever, you know? I know. I'm not, I'm not a gambler. I've never been a gambler. It it freaks me out to put my money down on chance and just, but that's, isn't that what we like about games? Yeah, because don't it's safe and gonna, I'm not losing money and all I lose. Is, well, in well, Monopoly, lose you're losing anything. money. Yeah, but it's not real money. It's not Five dollars a gallon for yeah. Nobody's going out and gas. killing you. No, not yet. That's my point. Where the squid hell games. are we going? We already got that. We got squid games. Well, leave it to the Asians to start it. So, so then every game becomes derivative in different well, cultures. I was reading about so what a game. are we getting from them? Well, look, look at this. I was reading the history of uh, a game called Diplomacy, <clears throat> and this game was played in the forties and the fifties. Uh, into the 60s. Okay. Yeah. And it's it's and it's actually a forerunner. It's a forerunner of risk. Okay. Diplomacy Henry Kissinger leaders from the 50s and 60s all played diplomacy. They loved it. Okay. Well, right? I can see that. Then why were they so bad at it? <laughs> In the real world. <laughs> I don't know. Were the I'd like answers to all of these things and understand the politicians. Because we like to think of diplomacy as something that they do that's real. Yeah, that it's real. What if it's just a game, too? Isn't it? Well, I think, oh, dear God. Yeah. Well, that's why games have to come with humankind, because we're all just we, game players. Okay, J- John F. Kennedy said diplomacy, and Kissinger, too, was one of his all-time favorite things to do. Okay, and then the Cuban Missile Crisis yeah. happened, right? <laughs> Did the Russians have it? Did the Russians play diplomacy or were they playing something else? I think they were just tossing the damn dice. I think they were playing risk. Yeah, playing. The one part of risk, there's one part of risk that's taken out compared uh, to the game of diplomacy. diplomacy yeah. And it's diplomacy. Risk is totally armies and numbers. Yeah, and dice. There's, there's no talking through or. Right. Or, there's, there's no, no me- treaties. Mediators. And you can't make solve, treaties. You solve can, problems. A lot of risk players do that. They turn it back into. But the other thing with risk is they also removed uh, production centers. On the game of diplomacy, certain countries produce oh, certain things. Oh, you actually things. had your resources and your. Right. Yeah, so, your, like, if you needed cannons, you had to capture the country that produced them. Yeah. And. Well, that's logical. What risk did is made cards. Yes. And when you get three cannons, card cannons, I have this much you can power. trade them in for a certain number of armies. Well, somebody should have uh, sat down with Putin maybe and have looked at all that. He's playing the game, isn't he? He certainly is. Because, I mean, you think about all the parameters and they game this out. They call it gaming. So if we had yeah put it on a board and done our little, our little uh, well, scenario, mm-hmm. he built up his army. Putin, we saw him do Putin it. is betting that we will get tired of playing the game before. Oh, he will. Americans are already tired of it. I it, I struggle to what find war? <laughs> exactly. It's not a war. Uh, I struggle to find stories on the Ukraine. Except except somebody posted today that that they hit a shopping mall in Ukraine and killed more than a thousand people. Well, I haven't and I seen and that I yet. was I hadn't seen that anywhere else. And I'm wondering why that would be breaking news all of a sudden because they've been killing people there for months now and it seemed weird that it was today. And if you think, well, yeah, 
but that's, maybe they're just trying to distract <clears throat> again. It's a bold move, Putin. <laughs> um, I don't know that Ukraine had any shopping malls left. Well, gaming has has moved uh, since we came up kind of into the modern era. Yeah, uh, as a social science, games have become far more studied. All games, not just video games, but all games. Now it's a thing called uh, at least the violence in video games. They have a theory for that now. It's called catharsis theory. Okay. That playing video games in which you perform violent acts might possibly channel latent aggression. Help you get it out as opposed to... Resulting in less aggression in the player's As opposed to what many people feared, which was that it's causing the violence. But you have other studies that show an increase in violence. So that's still up in the air. Uh, well, no, I think that has to be combined with mental health issues. Well, I would think so. Yeah, because the the idea that you become desensitized as you work your way through these games, just shooting and killing everything that you see, uh, if you're mentally unstable, you might think that that is an option. Right. I think that's Normal thinking people recognize that. That's, it's like what they say about people who take hallucinogenics. If you're not mentally stable, yeah, that that's might, a bad idea. That might cause problems for you. But game designers now are going more and more into trying to leverage the power of games and video games, all games, into maximizing the learning process. Well, yeah, that was the point, that, that games are very didactic. And you'll see this term more and more now, and I'm sure we'll see it if we go to an in-service. <laughs> but it's the gamification of learning. Of education. And the gamification of education. Yeah. Using game elements in non-game contexts to try to extract the properties of games and apply them to the learning environment in a classroom. Well, we know that chess helps kids with math. And one of the things they've been doing in many schools now is teaching kids to play, and it goes right back to the beginning, games like Go. Mm. These ancient games get kids to start engaging the, well, it's that the way. Basics, it's the foundation. And you have to engage. You have to get to know the person to play a game. Yeah. And if you don't know the person and you both know the rules of the game, you will know each other by the time by you're the done. By the time you're done. That's it. And I think that's really cool. And so that's that's a real big push right now that, that the idea of games encompasses everything. Mm-hmm. Right now, All there right, are people so can in... can everything in education be fun? Can it all be fun? Is that, re- is that realistic for life or is that a, a goal for life? I don't think you can make it fun depending upon whoever's definition and, and who, of fun. Yeah, whose definition of fun. But I don't think it has to suck. <laughs> but let's face it. Feels it feels like what, it sucked what in the really, last two no, years. No, but really, come on. We all look, you see it when it had, I know, I have fun. It had When you see adults start talking about when they were in school, and I'm not talking about the people who complain about being bullied or whatever. I'm talking about just the general run-of-the-mill overall population looks back with fondness to when they were kids. Part of that experience was going was to school. Was going to school every day. What day. we didn't like about school wasn't learning. It was the restrictions. It was the restrictions and the fact that we had to get up. The, and last, go. the lack of freedom. It was the freedom. control. It was the lack of freedom. Because that's part of gaming, right? Is that Correct. you have some freedoms as you go through your game to we're make rebelling choices. against these constrictions to our personal freedom. When you're a little kid, for quite some time, you have ultimate personal freedom, except for what your parents tell you you can and can't do. Yes. 
And then suddenly your parents give you to these other people (laughs) and they they, they have more rules. And you may have six or seven of them throughout a day with their own rules. And they may have stricter rules, Mm -hmm. probably will. And then you look outside, it's a beautiful day. You just want to play. And you just want to play. But no, you have to learn this And thing. Miss Miss kids are outside on the playground. And, we're and you here. can't explain to a child that in eight years, this math problem will be important. You know? <laughs> well, you can't. Yeah, you just no, can't do it. No, you, you got you to learn that stuff through uh, trial and error and yourself. Well, yeah. yeah. Or a YouTube video. <laughs> YouTube has everything, so if you don't know it, go YouTube it. That's my advice, everything, YouTube it. Well, there, right now there's a big battle between these gaming people. So life really is a game. So they're, they're having a game of their own. You've got um, the, the story versus the, the gaming thing. Basically, there's a debate uh, that surrounds, there's a term called narratology, and it's the, the study, it's the study of narrative structure. Okay. All right. Well, we have a structure to narrative. Wait, but narrative structure has now been basically put into. They're 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 saying that if there is a narrative structure to a game, it's not really a game. That's, so if there's a story, it's not a game. Uh, oh, that's bullshit. Ludologists and narratologists are battling over this oh, idea. That well, yeah, because we got to fight. Because video games mostly, mostly, not all, but mostly have stories. There's a story. Even Mario was a story. There was... Yeah, you had to save the princess. You had to save the princess and get high on mushrooms. We all know. we all know. And uh, you know what? He probably could have got a hold of the princess a lot sooner if he hadn't ate all those damn mushrooms. And gathered corn, uh, (laughs) coins. Well, you got to pay for the mushrooms. You got to pay for everything. (laughs) Anyway, so there's a big battle right now. There are, I mean, it's, it's... it's so, kind of funny. Oh my it's like fake beards versus real beards in the Santa Claus yes, debate. Yes, we've said that before. Yes, and, and I think it's interesting. That we all have to fight about everything? Yeah, yes. That we have to argue constantly <laughs> and bicker like a bad married couple constantly? This country. Well, and finally, we have the people who are saying, who cares about any of that? What can games do for us? <laughs> what can they do for me? And they're discovering by forcing, and I love this, Forcing 60-plus-year-old participants to engage in gaming at their retirement communities has reduced the number of people being diagnosed with senility and Alzheimer's. I was going to say, yeah, they're going to have, because they're using their brain in a way that they normally wouldn't. Right. And and it's exercising you. And their, their, product, their productivity, if they still work yeah. over the age of 60, goes up, Aww. provided they are basically made to play games and i say made apparently once you get people playing games it's no they just play games yeah but some people you have to coerce into it well sure you got to coax them they don't want to so anyway and that's interesting that's where we are and where where's where are games gonna go who knows yeah are we gonna go more violent are we gonna and we've also got vr i mean you put on the headset and sure you're there. And we have a whole culture around games now. Yes. Like there wasn't game culture in the ancient world. There were cultures Not that, that played we know games. Of, yeah. But now there is a subset of culture that is totally devoted to playing games and not just games. You have the board game people, mm-hmm. you have the tabletop game people who play like it might be a recreation of a World War II battle or there's Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. But look, when people began playing Dungeons & Dragons, which was just a simple game, 
That's the thing that always cracked me up in the 80s during this satanic Oh, when they panic. thought it was going to dra- drag Let's, these kids make, down to hell. Kids are, kids are going to become demons. <laughs> and then they're going to, I will eat your soul. <laughs> and, you know, it's that kind of thing. And it was a game. It was just a game with dice. Well, back to tarot yeah, cards. Yeah, but it had we, dice with lots of sides. You didn't even bring up the Ouija board. Oh God, the Ouija board! The Ouija board. That's a Satan. A voice board. from the from the Netherlands. Satan's board. <laughs> the Netherlands. <laughs> okay. I will eat your soul. <laughs> I'm not going on a date with you anymore. I do nothing but embarrass people who are with me. Anyway, so demographics, current demographics. People playing games, you mean? Total, yes. All right. 75% of households have at least one person who regularly plays games of any kind. Okay. We have, several, we have several board games here. 65% of adults over the age of 40 play video games. 60%. Okay. 60% of adults play on smartphones. 52% play on a computer. And 49 have a dedicated console. A what? Dedicated. Oh, dedicated. dedicated. You, said, you said dedicated. Little, little, little. I'm not the only one who's flubbing it. A little, little game console. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the average age of a male gamer today, 32. Ah. The average age. Okay. Females, 34. Okay. And this is the best part of all, evenly split. Oh, really? You know, for, for people always saying, yeah. boys, oh, those those young men today, all they do is play video games. Well, yeah, well, half the women are playing, too. Well, that's because they had to do something. And which I think is kind of cool. And Cleaning house ain't fun. And again, uh, board games and tabletop games production consist, new titles come out more each year, not fewer. Yeah. So... <laughs> so we have more leisure time. There are, yes. we Well, we have more leisure time and... We have people willing to just play games. Yeah, and you're not you're not wasting your time completely when you do that. Although right. although don't put off maintenance, your life will get out of balance. Mm. I mean, I, I've been very I've harped on that since I've joined our podcast that you really have to still maintain aspects of your life because once things get out of control you start to think well i can't get it back and then maybe you play games all the time so like everything you have to find a balance you better not be talking to me so get your (laughs) shit done take care of your kids go to work i'm done yeah see that's why the older people are playing because we're done with that we started it yeah, that's we were true. the first. I, I have that picture of you sitting there with that that old damn computer that my dad had, and, and oh, with the orange oh, screen, yes, with on the AOL dial up and playing. What were you playing? Wolfenstein. And yeah, Code Wolfenstein. is like four. And he's right in there, his little chair, just staring. Yeah, he's he is. He's the, mesmerized. I I can still to this day. It was the pizza place in Blue Springs, Missouri. <laughs> I know it was on Ray, Raytown. It was in Raytown where my mom uh, liked to go. Raytown, Missouri, mm. in the state of misery. Uh, anyway, went in and they had this big machine. And they had pinball machines before that, yeah. but they had this new machine and it was Pong. Oh, yeah. It was a console. I had Pong. a friend that had Pong. I was mesmerized. Yes, that we little played dot. for hours, hours. And, and, you know, to think that it went from there. But during high school, like, I saved no money. 
If I had, oh, no, if I had put any, it in a machine. I yeah. put it in a machine. Or I absolutely did. Cents. That was the best thing about having the bar downtown next to the courthouse. Or working or at Pat O'Carroll's. City Hall, yeah, is that we got to play for free. No, it's Pat O'Carroll's we still had to pay. We, we paid, but. When they were our video game machines at the bar, it was we got to play for free. And so much pool. I never paid for Ms. Pac-Man at Pat O'Carroll's. Ms. Pac-Man, we knew how to get the machine open, so we would just rack up oh, like 100 yeah. games and yeah. just play. Um <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Pat. <laughs> it, was a, it was a game to get to play the game. But but Miss Pac Man was was man. Oh, it was awesome. It was. And then we got then finally with the Nintendo mm, Mario at home. Yes, what? and then you had it all at home, and you could see I, as an only child. If I didn't have anybody around, then it was my dad would take me to the movies. But and, so and just for let all these stay. kids who are playing video games, just know that it was people my age, baby. That finally shut up, boomer. Yeah, boomer. That's me. No, I was a, I was a movie person. I got in one year under the wire, <laughs> somehow. Well, you know, I was born right after World War II. You know, uh, 10, 15, 17 years later. So yeah, I'm part of that generation. What? Nineteen years later. I, well, I know the fact that your mother and us are in the same yeah. block of. Boomers. That's is, nonsense. Is nonsense. Exactly. <gasps> lies. Oh, lies. That's what it is. <laughs> All right. You knew you'd use that for something. I'm keeping that forever. That forever. Forever. So, um, we are we are people yeah. who like to game I, and games it, it, like we're intertwined. Yep. Okay. Would but you? there are some kind of games we don't like to play. Don't play head games. This gaslighting shit with the oh. media. Stop that. And never, ever, ever play global thermonuclear war. No. It goes bad. Apparently, the only thing to do is to not play. That's it. Don't play. <laughs> Putin. Don't do it. Looking at you, Putin. Do you, do you want to know my weird story? Do we want to end with a weird, odd... I guess it's entertainment. It's part of what people need to do to... It's the future. Okay. Go for it. You, right. got, you, got, we, three, you got three minutes. Go. I got three minutes. All right. So, uh, new trend. Don't know if it'll make it to America. It starts in Sydney right now. Um, the Well, basically, they put on mermaid tails... And they go swimming as mer mer people. Um, they swim in groups called pods. No. It's a there's there are competitions. They um, mer folks, thousands of mer folks across the world, and in its simplest form, humans of all shapes, genders, and backgrounds enjoy dressing up as mermaids. You know, or, I have a history about this issue. You do. That's why I'm telling you this. That's why in I fact, saved this story. Some of the people story. who listen to this podcast may, know may have, of said know. issue. Okay. Well, so it's happening, dear. Don't just you're just going to have to. It doesn't change it. the fact that there this, are no up. mermaids. Shut up. <laughs> um, it, they launched a mermaid magazine. Uh, poured their savings into a multi-million-dollar mermaid tail industry on a planet plagued by war, disease, and social upheaval. Many merfolk have found life in the water as a refuge. So they're escaping through merplay. Um, you know, it's yes. a lot of work to get laid. Uh, it, it's, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that happens when you have that. I I don't I know. What, I don't want to think about the logistics of this. Um, I do. <laughs> they said that chaos on this. on land is is what's driven them there. The mer world is kinder, gentler, 
and more joyful alternative to the real world. See, but then take care of your business. You still have a life and you still have stuff you have to tend to. It attracts transgender people who empathize with Ariel's agony of being trapped in a body that feels wrong. I didn't think about that ever before until just this moment. All right. So Little Mermaid. So if Ariel a, a, a mer- is. Wait a minute. Ariel is trapped in her mer body, but she feels like a human. <laughs> I told you this was weird. It's very weird. I, told I was you just it was weird. well. I was thinking about this now, and and you can be gender it, fluid under the sea. Of course, you can. Uh, so, if a mer person okay. gets pregnant, probably not while they're wearing but, the tails. I'm sure they're. I, oh, maybe I, there's a hole. They, uh, they, there's a little do, 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 oh, do, do, like a union suit. Anyway, <laughs> if a mer person gets pregnant and decides they don't want to keep the row, no, we're wait. not talking. Oh, the row, goddamn. Then wouldn't that be caviar? Oh. oh, okay, okay, stop. Wow, you said I only had three minutes, and now you probably crossed over that. Oh, All I've, right, I've so definitely crossed um, the threshold. apparently, though, at really silly as it may seem, um, it has changed people's lives. It certainly changed mine hearing it. Um, so, <laughs> so I'm not judging these people if it's making their I life will. happier and they're still taking care of their business. Judging them. Take care of your business. Now I need to go. But to just a, know that my judgment carries no penalty. Wait, is there a website on here that can allow me to go see the Murtails? I want to know oh, how much please, they pay for please. them. How much are these things? Because these are really nice. I mean, a single fin. Merman. <laughs> oh, Anchorman or uh, <laughs> Zoolander. Zoolander. Um, swimming in tails takes practice. It requires. Of course, um, it does. Free divers called monofins, and that's oh the single God. fin you fit both feet in. Okay, um, monofin. How much? I don't know. Monofin. Look you it up. Look, you look it up. I'm reading the story. Man, you see, oh, you see what I put up with, people. Oh, you're so. What bad. do we call them again? Um, Murfins, I think. Murfins. Or monofin. Murfins. Yeah, I don't know. Mer- yep, there's here a, we go. Mahina Mermaid. There's a Merlympics. Oh, they, they have events in Europe and the UK in recent years. Well, these are just. These aren't really mermaid tails. They're just shoes that go on your feet, but it's all. No, worn. no. These are full on. Look, they're people of color. There are. There are Kind of, look at all the variations of people doing that. No, I want to know about people who are wearing the pants, too. There we go. There we go. Did you find them? I got a picture. Well, I want to know cost. I want to know what they're spending. Hang on. I'm going to take this picture. I'll be right back. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, this this suit that this young lady is wearing, sitting on a fake on a rock. rock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, quick, get the harpoon. Oh, <laughs> You know what? Do you know how much? Oh. Do you know how much a mermaid would be worth? <laughs> a real one, yes. Oh, she thinks she's a real one. She can. She identifies as a mermaid. Anyway, just fun. One hundred and sixty bucks. Okay, or euros. Right. Excuse me, euros. So all right, it's about one hundred. That's for the full suit. The the little weird flippers for the feet. Just the feet. No, it wouldn't be the same. I wouldn't think that would be the same. Mahina Murfin. If you're just playing with the feet. All right, kids. And not, you need to use. Mahina Murfin. You need to unify the legs. The legs have to work as one. See, this, 
I don't know, man. Okay, well, they can't see. They're, you're on the radio. I know. Whatever. But in, <laughs> The streaming um, device. There's no such thing as mermaids. I'm just going to stick with that. That's what I said years ago. Okay, well. In class. Biologically. To a person who actually thought they were real. Okay, biologically there aren't. But in the fantasy world of the world, you can you can do whatever the hell you want. That's right. I tell these people every day that their joy is portable and they can take it with them. And if it if requires take, you to put your two feet into a mermaid tail, go for it. then have I at it. I don't actually care. I don't have to be a part of it, so. Exactly. Go do what you exactly. Want. It's another. Um, it, you know Absolutely. what? They're not like breatharians who think that they can survive from sun, and and not eat breathing air, and breathing air, and through that. Yeah. I mean, okay, <laughs> those people are ridiculous. That yeah. is not even. That is not a thing. Not people who play video games. God. Look, I asked you for weird. one thing today to help me move a chair. That's right. One thing. That's all you it. had to do. I had to I had to level up first. You had to gripe about it. <laughs> the level Getting up. rid of that futon. Thank you to the listener who took that futon from us. It was a weighty um It was a weighty item. Off of our porch. Actually okay. we yeah. We need to we need to kinda of wrap, wrap it up. All yeah, right. I think we probably do. Yeah. This isn't a game, you know. <laughs> it's all a game, baby. It's all a game. Enjoy it while you can. <laughs> it truly is. Just don't burn anything down, please. Oh, well, I'd like that. Please don't burn anything, uh, burn anything down. No, no. Just, America, stop it. Nature's trying to burn it all down anyway. <sighs> oh, with the heat? Yeah, yeah, we're about to get some rain this week. That's why I've been working on my porch. I hope so. I'd like to get my little porch area. Damn, armadillos. I can't plant anything, not just because of my back. Told you, pain. I'll give you a gun. You stay up late I'm and shoot them. I'm not going to shoot the armadillo. I know you're not, so then stop it. I know. I know. I'm not going to kill them. I just keep replanting, even, you, even though it hurts. You can get a bat and just go beat them up, maybe make them think twice. I hit him with a yardstick. No, it yardstick. didn't do anything. Didn't think, but he didn't care. even look at me. He yeah, just kept like, nosing in my stick. flower bed. <laughs> That was cute. Such an asshole. Somebody on the internet. That armadillo's an asshole. Somebody on the internet said, I love the armadillos. They aerate my yard. They aerate the garden. They aerate they my plants. everything. You Shut can break up. an ankle in those damn holes. Aerate the garden. I know. I know. And yet, here I am. I'm not doing anything about it except planting every morning. I've been throwing like food, uh, certain things that didn't grow right out in the yard, hoping they'll go out, out in the yard. after that. They don't care about that. They want the grub, I know, they worms want the, and crap under the ground. They want the bugs. You know, the stuff they're going to be having us eat before long. <laughs> okay, you're trying to take it there. We're going to we're gonna wrap that up. It's then. coming. It's go coming. play games with your kids. Y'all take yeah, care go, of yourselves. Go play, a game. go play a board game with your kids. Yeah. Better yet, play chess against your kids. It'll make you feel really smart. Unless they beat you. Maybe. <laughs> Good luck with that, folks. <laughs> Up to a certain age, anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, some kids are really smart. All right, Deb. Well, I guess we're wrapping it up. Okay, I'll see you in two weeks. We'll have a date then. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, huh? community, in two weeks, we'll have our 50th episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Two weeks. We're working on a special episode? Yeah, kind of. We're hoping to get a guest, but we'll see. I mean, I yeah. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> I don't know. What. And, uh, two weeks you, is a long time. Two weeks is a long ways to. away, and... and we will also be getting some electrical work done. So it's a possibility that we wouldn't have electricity <laughs> That's anyway. That's very true. So uh, anyway, two weeks, 50th anniversary, or 50th anniversary? Yeah, well, 50th, 50th show, show. 50th anniversary we episode. We'll get to 50 years at some point. I already got to 50. I don't mean our age. I oh. mean our time together. <laughs> All right. Gotcha. 
I do this every day for you people. Yeah, not every day. Okay. <laughs> Once every two weeks. It feels like every day. Yeah, well. All right. That's the joy of uh, you living with me. Ah, uh, there you go. For you. <laughs> Here in the boot. Here in the boot. Here in the boot. All hey. right, everybody. Go uh, go have a great uh, great week, and yeah. we'll uh, see you in two. Bye. Are you what? You're not going to do your closing phrase? Oh, I did it earlier. Okay, your joy is portable. You need to take it with you. Jeez, some people share it.